the name of it was what and who was it done by? Rocket by Herbie Hancock. Make sure you make sure you leave this out, boss. Damn it. Yes, sir. Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. I am your co-host, Tim Golden, here with my co-host. What up, though? It's Jason Hall. Jason Hall. Jason is the is from the D, Detroit. He's the Motown in Motown Philly. I, yours truly, Tim Golden, am from Philadelphia, PA, the city of brotherly love. I'm the Philly in Motown Philly. And Jason and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Motown Philly podcast. This is episode 21. Happy New Year to all our listeners. This is our first podcast of 2023. This is number one of 52 coming your way in 2023. 52 hot ones. 52 hot ones. Yes, indeed, Jason. So as we always do, I just want to we want to begin by extending our gratitude and thanking all of our listeners. We're so grateful that you make us a part of your lives. We we're thankful to see so many of you in our newly formed Motown Philly podcast Facebook group. And we're just pleased to have you there. Please, as you listen, as we go forward this year, come in, share your thoughts on the podcast. We really want that to be a space where we can build community beyond the show, where we can have some interaction and some dialogue back and forth. I think as I last checked, Jason, we now have 67 members in the Motown Philly podcast Facebook group. So please, as Jason and I go through our friend lists on Facebook, we'll think of other people to invite and we'll steadily build up. Let's make our goal to get at least 33 more in the next few days, right? Maybe let's say by the end of the weekend, let's see if we can get 33 more people in the group to get us up to a cool 100. So we just want to thank you. We want to encourage you to partake in the Motown Philly Facebook group and join us there. We also want you to know that at some point during the week, each week, Jason or myself or both of us will be going live in one of our social media platforms to talk a little bit about to promote the podcast and talk about it. We want you to complete. uh, We want you to continue to uh, obviously be a subscriber and we want you to download, share widely as widely as possible because you as our listeners are the engine that makes this train go. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you for all you've done. Jay, I know you want to say thanks too. Yeah, just a quick thank you. Uh, I'm always grateful for you guys to to share with to share your time with us. Uh, and now with the community setting up and growing ever so swiftly, and like literally in two days, we had you know almost a hundred, and that's really cool. And we want to use that space to start conversations, things that we're talking about. Or, uh, pr- probably in the past and things that we're going to talk about today currently 
you guys are welcome to to bring that up and ask questions maybe you have some some ideas maybe you want some different type of insight that you thought you were going to get i mean just just open up and let's have let's you know our mantra is communication connection and community we knew we were we were lacking for the space of community as far as having that you know communication goes both ways having that space where we can talk and dialogue so appreciate you guys to the heart and back yes yes thank you all so much well jason just before we get into tonight i think you and i and the rest of our listeners who who follow sports or the sports world have been really then this is just before we get into our our topic for tonight or for for this week Mm -hmm. This week, the the world sort of came to a standstill as a young man who was the uh, defensive back for the Buffalo Bills uh, went into cardiac arrest on the field. Mm -hmm. And he, Damar Hamlin uh, was his name. And fortunately, today... He, according to his doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, he has shown signs of significant improvement. And that is a relief. I, when I saw that news earlier today, it it really just brought a smile to my face. And I'm happy to see his recovery. And, and I want to continue to wish him well. And as we continue to pray for him and send up good vibes for him and reach out and, and and as our hearts go out and our compassion goes out to him and his family, I think, Jason, we beheld this week a model of emotional and communicative incompetence mm. in the person of one Skip Bayless. Now, we tell can them, tell them who Skip is. Skip Bayless, for those of you that may not know, is a co-host of a very popular television show called Undisputed. Mm -hmm. And the show airs on Fox Sports, the Fox Sports Network. And Skip Bayless's co-host on the show is retired NFL Hall of Fame player Shannon Sharp. What'd you say, Jason? He's also a two-time uh, NFL um, league champion. Yes, yes. Also Super Bowl two, champion. two-time Super Bowl champion with two different teams, yeah. which is significant with the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. His bona fides as an athlete cannot be questioned. And so there's a lot going on around all of this, and we can get into it another time, but... I suffice it to say, Jason, I think that we saw some things from Skip Bayless and you and I talked about this a little bit this week that are are textbook examples of what not to do if you want to build, if you want to, if you want to have, if you want to do communication, establish connection and build community. Skip Bayless gave us some examples of exactly what not to do. And you and I, like I said, you and I talked about this and we'll come back to revisit this at, at some point in the near future when we cover a different subject. But 
I'm sure you have something to say about all of this too, right, Jay? Listen, Skip. I, I mean, my raw thought is like Skip Bayless has crossed the uh, Shannon Sharp uh, one too many times, and I think Shannon is is fed up to his his ears with Skip's BS, and right. I'm saying that generously, lightly. Skip, I have my feelings about who Skip really is. I, I, <laughs> there's really no way to tell but by his ability to communicate and articulate his opinions to us and skip's expertise is only that of observation in in most ways as most typical traditional sports analysts are but the the idea of shannon who has both played and now does sports journalism his viewpoint is significantly more humane in a way like experiential i guess i can say that i'll say this jason as bad of an example of communication and emotional intelligence that we saw from skip bayless this week we saw an opposite model of emotional maturity and restraint and communicative skill from Shannon Sharp. In other words, I think this week we saw from Shannon Sharp exactly what we should be doing when we communicate in certain situations. And we saw from Skip Bayless exactly what we should not be doing in certain situations so if if you guys are ever interested in you just go on youtube and put in skip bayless and shannon sharp um upset or fight or just something recent it'll pop up like put it in put in yesterday's date put in one four two thousand three and and you'll come up with what we're talking about but even then there's a little bit more to it but let's get into that at another time in another episode and i think that today jason we're going to now move into our topic for this show again this is episode 21 of the motown philly podcast and our topic for today is change change and communication change and communication you know jason when i think of change Change is one of those terms that has the dreaded characteristic of neutrality. Change can be good and change can be bad. Just like money. Money can be used for something good and money can be used for something bad. And wherever there is neutrality, there is nuance. So as we think about today's topic, Jason, I want to roll out four possibilities as it relates to change. One, there is a change that is good that we think is bad. Two, There's a change that's bad that we think is good. 
Three, there's change that we directly recognize and correctly recognize as good. And four, there's change that we directly or correctly recognize as bad. And what I like to try to figure out is how these things affect how we communicate. Have you ever, Jason, communicated with someone based on a change that you perceived to be bad that actually turned out to be good? Did your impression that it was a bad change lead you to communicate in some way? There's a funny story of a Creole Cajun cook named Justin Wilson. And he used to have a cooking show on PBS. And he said, my, my, he talked in the broken English and the, the Cajun style language from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And he said, my son come home and from college and told me he was on the dean's list so i went outside to whoop him because i thought you don't belong on nobody list right right now the dean's list is obviously something good but he took that to be something bad and he had a certain communication with his son based on his incorrect understanding of what was happening my question is how often does that happen when we think of change? How many people go through changes in life like divorce mm-hmm. that seem to be bad and actually end up good? And when we think they're bad, what does our perception that they're bad imply for how we communicate with the people around us? This is just number one. Hey, I mean, I'm just listening, bro. Uh, (laughs) This thing called change can be murky. And of course, you and I are not not at all bashful about taking on challenging topics that where we have to kind of think in the abstract and see if we can make things tangible. So as we walk this forward, let's, uh, I'm going to try and do my best to to make this abstract thought. You can't touch change. You can't you can't hold change. You know, ideally, it's it is a concept, and from my point of view, a perspective. I'll leave it there. Change is a perspective for me. It, it, well, the abstract part of change. I mean, as I say, it's it's something so, that so is, if, that is elusive, but it's 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 not just it's not holistically a perspective. But when I when you start talking about change, that's where my brain goes. So, if a person gets into a car accident and emerges as a paraplegic. For example, <laughs> right. That's physical change. That's tangible. Yeah, that's no. that's a change. Yeah, right. I'm trying to figure out what you mean when you said change is a perspective. How well, is that situation? I just articulated. So I love that. So I thank you for that question. Um, change is. Let me let me go farther. 
Change is not only a perspective in my head, it is also a tangible phenomenon. And, and it also can be a, a tangible experience. It's something that you can in certain ways touch, if not touch, feel. Ooh, you can definitely feel change. Uh, if a plate or a glass I had in my hand uh, was whole and then it broke it that it changed it morphed it it its structure components have been made different that's change that you can that you can tangibly see if change is also you know i'm in the south and right now it's colder well right now it's actually warmer so i can use that example it's warmer than it probably should be at this time i'm not complaining but it's actually a little bit warmer I can feel that change. I can sense that change. My body senses that. So that is a tangible change can be tangible. Let's just be honest. And that might what make that could make this topic a little challenging to tackle. We're we're talking about something that can very much be in the abstract, which I call perspective in the in certain ways, certain ways, not in every way. And there's change that can be evident to the census where it, I would call that a physical type of change. So as you broke out the four types of change inside of change, the inside of the idea of what change is, it's not just an idea or the definition of what change is. It's also has various nuances and aspects of what it is by itself. So, so consider this, mm -hmm. consider a dude, I don't know. Let's call him Jamal. Jamal got a house. Jamal's house burned down. Jamal ain't got a house no more. Nope. Uh, somebody, somebody was frying some chicken the wrong way in the kitchen, and something exploded, and he lost his house. That's a change. That's a big change. Mm -hmm. Jamal is is on the phone with a relative. Hotter than hotter than the chicken grease he was frying his chicken. It was, they were, he was in the kitchen trying to fry, and it turns out that uh, the reason for the explosion was, according to the fire marshal, something that was left on in the kitchen by one of his kids. And if that thing had not been left on in the kitchen, it wouldn't have caused the chemical reaction and caused the explosion. Jamal is on the phone with a friend, a close friend, berating his child about the loss of the house. His child is sick and has been experiencing some kind of symptoms of some sort of toxic uh, substance. And the child overhears him, hears Jamal, talking about how stupid he was turns out a couple days later they go to the doctor and jamal's child was suffering from radon poisoning radon is an invisible chemical that can make you very sick in certain exposure levels mm -hmm. turns out that his house was situated on land that had extraordinarily high levels of radon. Jamal communicated in a way when he thought that change was bad. 
And that communication may have hurt his connection and community with his child. But it turns out that them having to move and their insurance being able to pay for a new house just saved his child's life. Because the child won't have exposure to radon anymore. This is this is what I'm talking about. Right? This is what I'm talking about. It, how does how does change how do you how does your misperception of change affect the way you communicate? And now I mean, are we gonna come down on Jamal? I wouldn't come down on Jamal. Although it's it's interesting, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he was just emotional. We got to indulge him. But then there's another way to look at that, right? Another way to look at that is to say, you know, when people get angry is when they really tell the truth. And maybe his son or daughter, whoever it was, we didn't specify that, mm-hmm. is listening to this. And they're like, wow, my dad really thinks I'm stupid. I don't believe that thing that you said, though, like what people say when you when you're when you're angry or you're emotional, that's those are, in fact, your truest or true feelings. I you're, think, saying you, you're saying you do believe that or you I, don't? I don't believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. I think when you get angry, you say stuff that you okay, don't Good, believe. good. That's what I'm trying to get at, right? right, right. So, so good. So um although i do think there are times i mean that when heat. you are angry you do say what you really mean so i think it's a little bit of both right but again what jamal said and what his child heard let's make it a son but jamal heard what J- jamal said and what his son heard are two different things um uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jason? I mean, we started. I started off saying that this is going to be a <laughs> this is going to be a challenging conversation, more challenging than I actually anticipated. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have to remind myself I'm sitting across the screen from a philosophy uh, uh, professor, PhD. <laughs> he has his PhD in philosophy. Don't, don't, let me not go. But anyway, your your take on it well it, it, i'm not sure if you really gave a take you just kind of laid it out uh for what it is and what it was i don't know if i really have a take you for me you're just you're 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 describing a sequence of events and when you think about sequence of events to th- that whole phraseology talk, sequence of events talks about change let me I was going to save this. I wasn't quite sure when I was going to say my own personal uh, mission statement about this dynamic of change. Talk about change as a dynamic change is not static. It's it. It's always moving. So that word change has become more profound to me in my recent adult life. And I say recent over the past five, six years where I have gained a more healthy perspective. And that's why on the reason that I called it a perspective is that, you know, 
there is a school of thought when someone is describing change that they say that life is about change. Tim, you've heard this before. Life is all about change. Um, and I have, I had to tweak that for myself because when you think about change, you also think about expectations and disappointment, right? There, that's another hue of dealing and coping with this idea or real life phenomenon of change. So with that being said, life is all about change. Before looking at change, it was like this. Okay, life is all about change. Therefore, I need to be on guard because change is coming up and I need to in some way be prepared for whatever this change is. But when you when I when I really knuckled down to understand in my thinking and in my walking and my doing or understanding about change, I had to look at change differently. So because the other way wasn't really working for me, that type of change that I described was a, almost like a knee jerk reflexive um, reaction to what change was. I'm talking about my being right now and how I process change because someone said life is about change. Therefore, I'm always on guard. Change is tapping me on the shoulder or a breeze blows by. And I'm is that change? Is that change? What is this thing doing to like, when will it show its face so I can then start making adjustments? So that was the other side of change. Now in this more mature Jason stage, adult stage of what change is, I look at change differently. I don't look at change as um, something that life is like life is about change. I look at life as change. Like life is not about change. Life is change. That means continually things are morphing. Things are evolving people, situations, relationships. And when I look at it with that type of perspective, I'm, I have a more peaceful understanding about what is happening in the present. So you and I are doing this podcast. You and I are doing this podcast. And in the midst of doing this podcast, it might look on the other side of change, the first side of change, like after we do this, then something's going to change. No, I now look at what we're, what I'm always doing in the present present continual, if you will, to be like, no, Tim and I are changing as we are speaking to each other. And people, as people are listening to this podcast, they're not just getting static information. They are, their, their chemistry is changing based on the things that we're saying. That's my, that's, that's my idea of, of, of understanding change. Now, so I don't how, know if, what that does to the subject. How does all of that affect the way you communicate? It, so it gives because, me because, because you know, let me let me let me just jump in here. Go ahead, jump right on in. So, so at the risk of be sounding like I'm just trying to pick a fight. He is, guys. He is. But go me, ahead, go ahead. I'm ready for it. Suggest, I'm ironclad with this notion, baby. Go for oh, it. Oh, oh, are you? <laughs> oh, wow. You're uh, Jason's ironclad, y'all. I ain't ironclad. Oh, this is helping my this is helping my mental health. I want to see you well, just destroy well, it right now. I, 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 what I'm what I'm thinking about is is okay. Let's let's say we give in to what you say that, that life is change. 
Mm-hmm. Life is change. Definitely. Um, so that. which means that life is the same thing as change. Uh, mm-hmm. So to talk about, and that change would be the same thing as life, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But let me problematize that a little bit. Sure. M- muck it up some more. We, we go through life, which is change. And we are either foolish or the proposition that life is change is wrong because even as everything changes, we cannot make any progress or change ourselves without some, without having access to something that does not change. So either we are foolish in trying to find something stable to sustain us through the changes of life or because there's no such thing as stability because everything is always changing. Nothing is fixed. So we're either foolish for trying to find something that doesn't exist or there in the midst of a life that's all about change. There are certain things that are fixed that don't change I uh, because let me let me just give one example okay you and i move right we walk we walk around we move around you can't get from point a to point b as a moving being going from one place to another without something stable under your feet to sustain you on your journey from point a to point b if the floor was moving while you were trying to walk, if the floor was rapidly moving up and down, it, it might not be possible. If it was moving fast, quickly enough, it might not be possible for you to walk on the floor any more than it's possible for anybody to walk on water. And why can't you walk on water? Because water is always changing. The current is always shifting. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus said, no man steps twice into the same river. And the reason why is because when you put your first foot in there, by the time you get your second foot in there, the river has changed. Okay. So you can't walk on water, but you can walk on concrete. And so is there something in life that is fixed, that is stable, that is necessary to be healthy? to live a healthy life. I see what you're getting at. Or or are we just are we just grasping at straws and is is everything really beyond our reach? Is there nothing stable at all? So this is a byproduct of just natural conversations that Tim and I have and we challenge each other in our ideas and thoughts. Tim as as much as he's heard me say this very same uh theory of what I think about change he's never challenged me to this level on that idea and i would my my retort or my response to that is that i believe that change though constant in life is is not necessary not just a perspective of thought i think still it lands as a very sure theory 
even when the idea of stability or perceived stability in certain things, people and ideas or actual matter. And Tim, you know this, and I appreciate you trying to be give a problematic thought or um, like to be contrarian with that particular with that idea is that as much as we know solids are solids and concrete doesn't move as much as to have it be unstable as we walk or tread upon it or drive upon it or whatever on some level if we still keep in knowledge that life is changed things are always moving but to really understand what change is and the elements of change in its different components, situations, structures, is to know that change is not constant in its in its in its movement in every structure, in every situation, in every piece of matter. But I it think would seem, but it would it seem to be that that would be the case if change is life and life is change, it would seem that everything in life would change. Well, the thing the thing is, you, you you mentioned things moving, like the ground under us. Right. It it here's the fact: the ground does move right right from up under right under us. The 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 bridge that you drive on that you think is sturdy and stable, the building that you go to work in that is a that is erected multiple floors, as though you perceive as you go in and out and live and and work there, it's not moving. But in fact those things do move we just don't perceive it so the ground my point is what you've mentioned as an example as the ground being stable and not moving and if it were we would be we also would be moving my point is to say that things that seem like they're not moving there's still there's still movement and motion and and in or or change of the elements if you will on some level just not in not always an apparent apparently perceived something that you can tangibly um always make out so 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 there's 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 no in your view there's no such thing as stability nothing no i think the i here's the thought to that i think the slower things change the more stable they are certain things just as a as matter for example, our relationship, let's 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 be be a little bit more tangible as opposed to being so abstract. But our relationship has been a constant throughout many years and over the last 7 years um we have been our relationship has been a even more constant to us. It's we could say it's pretty stable, right? I mean, it's probably one of between the two of us when it comes to uh, friendship and brotherhood. I would say in our own personal circles of 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 family and friends, like we're in that we're probably if there's a circle around us, a circle of friends or that unit of of structural uh, relationships. I think we would say we're in the inner circle as far as relationships goes there's a stability if you will there's no ebb and there's no real tangible ebb and flow of who we've been towards each other stable right but here's the point 
with that stability over the seven years, we can definitely say our relationship has morphed, which means changed. Our relationship has evolved, which means change. Our relationship, though stable, has has grew into something that it wasn't seven years ago. You can almost have like two things be true at the same time, but on different levels. So so it isn't it isn't just change. Now we're back to the original point, which is what I said at the beginning of the show. Change is neutral. Change can be good as in the evolution of our friendship mm-hmm. that you just described, right? Or change can be not so good. Either way, what I hear you saying is Life. change is inevitable. Yeah. It's going to happen. Now, the question I have is, what are the implications of that for how we communicate? If we know things are always changing or we know things are always subject to change. One of the things I would think. For me, what impacts my communication when I think about change and the fact that it can be for the better or for the worse is to make sure that I am circumspect about how I communicate with others in ways that will hopefully evolve and progress relationship rather than stifle and destroy relationship mm-hmm. because if things are going to change for the better if if relationships are going to deepen and become more stable mm-hmm. and become a greater space of solace and comfort and fellowship and the like then when i think about change I'm doing everything I can to ensure the change that happens in my life is change for good. So that when I talk to you, I'm thinking of ways to deepen our friendship, not to destroy it. Right. But here's where the perspective comes in. Like one, for example, um, Divorce. I had a divorce. You've had a divorce. Mm-hmm. Both, like both of us, experienced divorce, and for our, our ex spouses or for our th- th- those who we were married to, one could one of us, either she or I myself, could consider um, that one event. Like I can walk away from it being and looking at it as a change for the worse and she could typically walk away with saying you know it was hard but it was for the better or vice versa um one could you know one could look at one thing one can experience two can experience one thing and walk away and be and come away with two different understandings of what is bad and or good I I don't I'm going to challenge that right now. Go ahead. A a woman is married. She's being beat 
upside her head silly by her husband uh they end up divorced i don't think there's anybody around that's going to say her good outlook on the divorce is simply a matter of perspective I think perspective is, and I'm not coming at you, Jason, Mm -hmm. but I think perspective and opinion and the old adage, there's three sides to a divorce, his, hers, and the truth. Mm -hmm. I think that is a real lame way to understand what is really happening to people. And the fact of the matter is that if you have a woman on the receiving end of abuse from a man with whom had she stayed married to him she would have potentially lost her life i find it difficult to imagine a world in which any reasonable person would say that it getting out of that marriage was a bad thing for her so there are some instances in now now that's not to say it's the case in every divorce right but i think there are some instances when a change is good just because it's good across the board. And her husband or her ex-husband may have an opinion or a perspective, but how many people are interested in hearing his side of it when they find out that he was physically abusive? Nobody's interested in hearing his side because the general cultural ethos is that you don't put your hands on somebody and was, so was that, was that will that take away his perspective of saying this divorce is not justified this divorce is bad this divorce is wrong will that will that keep him from saying that even though everyone knows it it, it, it won't it won't keep him from saying it it will however keep his claim that it's a bad thing from being legitimate but in I, his eyes you're also I, I and, and, okay that. so yeah i mean in his well is it is it really good is it really bad for him or is this an opportunity for him to get the help he needs and maybe get it have a wake-up call and reform his ways so that he no longer assaults people so you and i can see that but this man who's in that experience he not hearing and seeing any of that he just knows that this is a bad thing. We should not divorce, no matter what I'm doing with to you. The fact that he doesn't hear it and doesn't see it doesn't mean just because he doesn't see it doesn't mean that he's right about his so-called perspective. Yeah, right. He's you could be as wrong as two left shoes and not realize it. Right. And, and I, I think that's the situation he's in. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, in a lot of instances, Jason, I think what you say is true. In a lot of instances, it is a matter of perspective. There's an old trick in in epistemology, epistemology of perception. You hold it, there's a picture in front of you, and you look at it from one angle, it looks like a duck. You turn it over on the other angle, it looks like a rabbit. And for those who are listening, you can go online and you can look at the type to go to Google images and type in duck rabbit and you'll see it right there and you can see it on your computer screen if you hold the piece of paper up straight 
it, in one way, it looks like a duck. If you turn it on its side, it looks like a rabbit. It all depends on your perspective. There's some sense in which what you're saying, Jason, is true. But I was just trying to get across that there are some instances when perspective and the symmetry of his side, her side, and the truth, it just, that does not always hold. But I want to get back to, I want to get back to our four scenarios because we only looked at one, right? Change that we thought, <laughs> change that we thought was bad that turned out to be good. How do we how how do we communicate in situations when we have change that we thought to be good that turned out to be bad? How does that happen? Give me a scenario. Okay. You're good with those. Somebody <laughs> somebody uh so what are we looking at now? We're looking at change that you think is good that's actually bad. Right? Say somebody goes through a breakup and male or female, doesn't matter. And it could be a, a heterosexual relationship or could be a same sex relationship, whatever. People get together, people break up, breaks up. And this person thinks the breakup is great because now they're going to be free to find somebody who they think is more compatible. And they are indeed free as a bird to find somebody who is more compatible for them. But they enter the dating world and they have a series of colossal failures on dating apps, recommendations from friends, etc. And the person starts to reflect and think to themselves, this grass ain't as green as I thought it was going to be. I thought this change was good. And as a result, I told my ex that he or she could go take a long walk off a short plank and plenty of people going to want me to, plenty of folk going to want this all up this uh, plenty of folks. I'm sorry. Plenty <laughs> of folks are going to want all this up here in they face. Right. And he's now he or she is now realizing that there ain't a lot of folks that want nothing he or she got up in their face. And now they want to go back and reach back to their ex, but they ex done moved on. So in my mind, that's I like that. The, my thing is like that's an there's a thing. There's aspects and there's nuances of what change is. Like that person that you describe is definitely feeling the crunch of you know everyone kind of feels this once one it's most a lot of people have at least felt this at one some point or not once they've broken up with someone and they look back and they only remember the good times they don't really think about the bad stuff that they went through they don't really have uh a perspective a perspective about or a, a a lingering thought of how hard or difficult it was now that you're in a place of loneliness and it is not in the moment turning turning out the way you thought it was you look back and you can say in that moment i believe like this this change was bad or i did i thought this was going to be great but because i'm in my feelings because i'm a little depressed because i'm acknowledging the loneliness that is around me because com companionship is not on me 
now I now I can say this change was bad. But here's the thing. Just live a little bit longer. Feel those feel those emotions and feelings a day, a week, a month goes by and you meet somebody and you're not saying what you said just, you know, just a few weeks ago about how that was a bad decision. So, like I said, it is nuanced. Uh like identification of your certain situation at the time that can make us say that a change was bad. I think, and this is, this might be me walking, like going out on a limb and saying, I, I think, I think I can say that most change is good change <laughs> yes and most change not all change and it's really hard to quantify that but it kind of has a biblical perspective like all things work together meaning that these- the words right <laughs> out of my mouth so oh and- this is getting better by the minute so and to come up over there Jay. good 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 now don't get me wrong i'm not on some ultra hype spiritual tip where i'm just like um and you know steph curry used to wear on his shoes like um i can do all things in christ and everyone says all the you know have a you know they're sure, sure, chewing sure. gum they're cooking cooking rice and burning whatever they try they flying literally with their hands and feet to the moon like they can do that's that's bs like and i'm not on that when it comes to like all things work together because you have pain, you have sorrow and all these things that go with it. Right. But I, I am and have been conditioning myself on purpose. And I think this, and this is where perspective comes in is that like my parents, I am, you and I are both orphans. Mm. What good, what good I'm looking you in the eye right now. People Mm -hmm. can't see me. What good my parents both died when I was in my when I was in my 30s. They should be in a lot of res- in a lot of ways still alive, enjoying um, my life and the life of their their grandkids. They only had two, which came from me. I have a brother and Walter. Give him Walter shout out. Shout out to Walt. Um, Walt baby love. Walt baby love. The thing is is to understand like that those are bad things that happen but when i look at those things i can't and i'm not only identifying those things as negative and or bad though you and i both know being orphans not having your parents your kids not having their grandkids i mean their grandparents is how does that feel good it just it just doesn't it just doesn't and my idea of what, how I walk through life is not to, 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 so that's change, right? But I can't, there's something in me that just, just, this says, all right, that happened. What do I do with that? I'm going to be grateful for what they gave me. They gave me a gift. They gave me many gifts and they, they live on in not only my memory, in my talking about them and the experiences in the, in the, the just the life and the ideas and the the advice that they gave me um 
the pictures, the moments, like those, they live on in many ways. They live on not just in myself, they live on in my children. They live on in, in their siblings that currently, you know, walk upon the face of this earth. And I can always lean on them to ask, you know, what did, what did, what did my parents do or what did they think? Or right. Right. So I want to pick up on that. Right. Okay, go for this it. is the, this is the, this is the real crux of this episode. Mm-hmm. You change in your life once having your mother and father alive mm-hmm. and now not having them alive affects the way you communicate. In other words, you seek that intimacy with your mother and father through their siblings. Right. You just start you just started to say a few minutes ago, you asked them questions. So now your communication moves from propositions to interrogatories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe the loss of your mother and father and the grief and the pain that you've suffered from there has thrown you off your spot a little bit and in an attempt to restabilize yourself, you begin to you stop making statements of assurance about you and your life and you realize the fragility of life and you're transformed from a confident person who makes declaration to a somewhat troubled person not in a bad way but just troubled by grief who now communicates differently because of the change in your life Mm -hmm. so now you now your communication with your extended family is different because you're inquisitive you want to know things about your mother and father and frankly you want to know things about your extended family why because of what you said earlier change is life life has changed things are always going to change and understanding that we our communication takes on a different form as we heal from certain changes that come in our lives Mm -hmm. part of your healing i think from the loss and grief and pain of your uh, your parents not being here are is are the newfound relationships that you have with your aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and with your cousins right, right? and with your relatives mm-hmm. why because as we said a few weeks ago back last year in 22 we are always searching for community because mm-hmm. we're social beings and and that's really I mean, I love what you said was so well put because without even thinking of it, you talked about having your parents, not having them. And then you started talking about the way you communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think what this episode is all about. Right? So, so we have in the first instance, right? We have Jamal whose house burned down. He thought it was bad. It turned out to be good. And in his, in the moment, he communicated in a rough way to his son. And then in the second scenario, where you have someone in a relationship who ends the relationship, thinks it's good, it's something bad. Maybe what that person didn't realize in the second scenario, Jason, is that because everything is always changing, you have to be careful how you communicate with people. Mm. Because that person in that second scenario burned his bridge, mm. right? Get get out of here. I don't need you. Life's grass is greener. You might think the grass is greener, but the grass ain't always greener on the other side, baby. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think you see a green lawn and you get over there and it ain't nothing but a rock pile. 
is right? is that because he's chasing change just for change's sake? I, 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 there's an organic change. There's an organic change, and I believe and then, and, then there's, and then there's a manufactured change. Right. That's true, right? And right. maybe he's thinking he has to create change in a way or fabricate change, mm -hmm. but maybe that fabricated change is that he thought was going to be so Artificial. good turned out not to be so good, mm -hmm. right? And in the first instance with Jamal, the organic change seemed to be bad and turned out to be good. But check this out. Number three, given everything you said, and I like what you said, because what you said is really set the tone for the entire conversation. Things are always changing for the better or for the worse. And friendships change for the better or for the worse. So the question becomes, what happens or what what is it like when you recognize change as good? What are the implications of recognizing change as a good thing for communication? And I'd like to throw you and I out there as an example, right? right, right. I think you, you said it correctly, Jason every day of our lives especially over the past seven or eight years our relationship has changed for the better yeah. it has deepened through a set of shared experiences and and time spent together and time in conversation and just all of the wonderful things that make our friendship what it is and those of you who are listening out there i know you have relationships in your lives i want you to think about those right and what happens when you experience a change in your life that's good? And what are the implications of that for how you will communicate with the people in your life in ways that would deepen your communication, deepen your connection and deepen your community? For me, whenever something good happens in my life, Jason is one of the first people I call. And he's one of the first people I call to tell him because I want to share my joy. I want to share my joy with my friend. I want that relationship that Jason and I have, that friendship, knowing that change is inevitable. I want to make sure I push the change in the right direction. And because I had a change in my life that was something really, really good, I want to communicate that change to Jason. And I want to say, hey, man, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. Right. This what happened today was a game. What changer? Right. Change my life in a good way. And I want to share that with Jason because I want Jason to know that even as his life changes, one day something good is going to happen for him. And when it does, it has implications for how he will communicate with me and with other people in his life who are close to him, whether they be his other close friends or his children his son or his daughter, whomever. And, and so now here's the, here's the flip side of that. And now we're at the fourth scenario. What happens when you got changed? That's real bad. And you recognize it as bad. You lose your job. You call your friend. You say, man, you're not going to believe what happened. I got fired today. And you know, it's, you know, it's a bad situation because your financial your financial circumstances are precarious, right? So so whether you think it's good, whether you think it's bad and it's good, 
whether you think it's good and it's bad, whether change is organic or contrived, whether you recognize it as good head on, or whether you recognize it as bad head on, in each of these scenarios, Jay, I think we can agree there are serious implications for communication, connection, and community. And it goes to show you the depth of the responsibility that falls on each of us as a human being to be conscious of how we communicate when life throws us the curveball of change as it inevitably will. This might be the component that we haven't spoken about that helps communication flow better. And I think it's serious to all four of those those scenarios and it's the component of and i think it's twofold acknowledgement of some type of change no matter left or right up or down and here's the next one that has to come sooner hopefully sooner than later acceptance because when you don't acknowledge that there's change about obvious change about because remember as i said it's always changing but when you get that chance to note and to recognize changes about and then come to some type of not just acknowledgement but acceptance of that change you then get to start processing it better so that communication can flow because when you become when you come become in direct opposition to change you can't process in all four of those situations well therefore if you're not processing it, you're not dealing with it. You're not, you're not relating. You're not interacting. You're there's a lot of things that are not happening, including communication, because there is lack of acknowledgement. Something happened and, and what do I do with it? Meaning how do I, am I accepting this change? What do I, you know, uh, let me acknowledge, not just acknowledge it, but begin to accept it so I can then start processing it so I can then start communicating so I can govern myself accordingly around it. So that that component is crucial, I believe, to all four of those stages so that you can start when you're processing it, then you can communicate it. I can, you and I are not going to communicate well if we don't process the information either in real time or in our own personal time to say, hey, I need a break. I need to let me well, however long that break is to think about, to understand what is happening so that you and I can now interact appropriately, you know, so that we can figure out how we're going to govern, you know, the next few steps. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to, we have to process it and we have to process it. You know, we, we often think of, you know, not wanting to be the bearer of bad news, but if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we have to be careful about being the bearer of good news. Sometimes we have to run our uh, our um, emotions through our logic and say, wait a minute, if I know somebody is down on their luck, then maybe I don't want to come in with a bunch of good news because maybe that'll make the person feel worse, Sour. which means we have to be engaged in a process of more often than not a process of gauging the temperature right of the situation 
we have to we have to as you said jason we have to have a we have to have a relational sensibility about us that tells us and it's not to say that we're we're perfect or we'll always get it right sometimes you'll you sometimes you'll share things at the wrong time right mm-hmm. you might share it for the wrong time uh you might share it for the right reason maybe your intentions are good when you share what you share mm-hmm. but it, the timing could be off and so there's lots of different factors that come into play the point is i think that jason and i are trying to get across today and i hope as y'all are listening you're thinking about your own relationships right mm-hmm. that you begin to reflect on just how important it is to understand not only how change affects communication but how we have a responsibility to handle that communication effectively in ways that will deepen connection and community rather than weaken it yeah yeah uh wholeheartedly when you when you dissect what we talked about because today because i can say at the beginning of this uh and how we set it up and how you set it up specifically it looked daunting it seemed daunting and i'm not saying we figured guys that we didn't figure it all out mm-hmm. but at, hopefully we made it we made what seemed mucky which were my words murky even it now i can look at change in with pers- with perspective and and understanding some insight if you will that you know like i said you l- you listen to us now or even go back and listen to it like you can we can probably do our best now if we didn't before to manage change a little bit different understand change a little bit better and when you're understanding the the nuances of change like when you can identify change and say okay now i i know how to govern myself i need to i need to know or understand like if this if this is good or and or bad or if this bad and or good and i think that's situational and i think that's also governed through time like the guy who lost his jobs is a bet we know that if even financially that's a bad thing but i think that bad thing has a time stat stamp you know sometimes because when it looked bad and everyone would agree in the moment however long that moment of of being unemployed is it could be a setup for them becoming the entrepreneur they always wanted to be and now they have this or right. it could be it, the fact that he lost his job could be a good thing if there's a mass shooting at work the next oh, day. I mean, you tell no tell no lies there. Tell no lies. You, right. So, I right. Mean, so so there's a lot of factors at play here, but I think that one of the takeaways from this episode has to be this idea of being self-aware mm. and being uh, responsible enough to not only know how you're feeling but to know uh, or to have some sense of what the next course of action is because remember folks we're in this world together Mm -hmm. we're in this world together and no matter what narratives you hear or what myths you hear about the individual and being rugged and a loner and doing it on your own and pulling yourself up by bootstraps the bottom line is if you got on a pair of boots 
chances are you probably didn't make them yourself. <laughs> Went down there to the store and you yep. bought them, which means somebody else made them and somebody else delivered them to the store. Somebody else sold them to you. The world is structured in a way that we need each other. Mm-hmm. And and so if we're gonna if we're gonna have if we're gonna have community by nature, why not have better community by choice? Mm, I love that. Why love not that. have better community by effort? Why not have better community by understanding that, as Jason said, change is inevitable. Change is is something all around us. Change is life. Life is change. And even the things that we see that appear to be stable are still moving beneath the surface, Mm -hmm. even though they are stable enough for us to move on Mm -hmm. them. The concrete is more stable than the ocean, Mm -hmm. right? So you can walk on concrete in a way that you can't walk in the ocean, but you can swim. Mm-hmm. in the ocean if you can swim right, right, right. And, and so these are thorny issues right and and I just uh, my hope is that as we move forward into 2023 uh, we just experience the change change in the year change in the calendar right we're right now we're moving the earth is spinning at over a thousand miles an hour we don't even feel it right right if the earth stopped spinning for one second, all of us would be flung through the air at a thousand miles an hour. Think about that. That's so true. Uh, one of the reasons we chose this topic because of the change of the year. And if you guys are like Tim and I, even though you can look out the window from December 31st to uh, January 1st and not see any tangible change, if you will, like the sky's not different and the cars are still driving, like nothing actually changed, but the calendar year, but we all sensed a change, a collective change. Check this out. What I hear you saying, Jason, is that the change might not be discernible, but just because you don't see it don't mean Uh, it's happening. Yeah. And what you got to understand is that on December the 20th, it's the shortest day of the year nine hours of daylight and 15 hours of darkness and guess what on december 21st the sun sets a little bit later even if it's just by about 10 seconds and then now the days are getting longer even if it's just by a minute or two or three and before you know it it's gonna be june 21st and on June 21st, it's going to be the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. 15 hours of daylight, nine hours of darkness. And on June 22nd, the day going to be a little bit shorter, even if it's just by a few seconds. Right. You don't see the change, but just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And the question is that we're asking here at Motown Philly is what you going to do with change? How is change going to affect your communication? How is change going to affect your connection? And how is change going to affect your community? Jason, I got a question for you. What up? Where can they find you? Yo, yo, you guys can find me on Instagram at the speakers mechanic. That's on Instagram, IG at the speakers mechanic. You can find me on Facebook, Jason Hall, communication skills coach. 
You can also find me on LinkedIn, Jason Hoff, Communication Skills Coach. That is it. Tim, where can we find you, my guy? You find me on the gram. IG at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. You can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life for certain death taxes. I'm the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden. You go search on Facebook for Tim Golden Walla Walla. You'll find me there. And you can find us, me, Jason, and a crew of at least 67 other amazing Motown yeah. Philly listeners and supporters yeah. in the Motown Philly podcast Facebook group. Come on in, drop a word or two. Let us know how we're doing. You got topics you want to hear about. Let us know. We had a great, Jason and I had a great interaction yesterday with somebody who came on. And what did she propose, Jay? She proposed three topics. Three great and, topics. And they were great topics, right? Mm -hmm. So please come on in the group, interact, share with us. If you want us to give a direct response, come in, tag me, tag Jason. We got great things on tap later this month. At the end of the month in January 23, we're going to be blessed with Dr. Ann Silver. She's going to be here to join us talking about the abuse of men by women. And we're just moving on. We're just moving on and moving up. And in in 23, the sky's the limit, Jay. So I'm, I'm glad to be here, be with you. Change is coming. Just make sure that your change enhances your communication, your connection and community rather than destroying. Love y'all much. Thank you for listening. Share us and and come join with us. Come have community with us. Love yes. you so much. Love you too, Jay. Love you, Jake. Love you guys. Talk to us in the Facebook group. See, uh, maybe you got some questions about what we said tonight. Uh, get at us. This is going to drop on Sunday, so we'll be looking for you guys' response. Love you guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Love y'all.